This is Gazzotti Radio with NHL Conversation. Game 7, Stanley Cup Playoffs. Carolina Hurricanes versus the Washington Capitals. Podcast 2, we are talking about Braden Holtby for the Washington Capitals. The star goaltender, in my opinion, for the game. What happened in this breakdown? How did they end up losing the game? Well, let's go back to the first and second period. Braden Holpe had this poise and posture of confidence. He was letting very little rebounds deflect his way of missing a shot. You could not see it in his face that he was nervous, even when it was the first overtime and into double overtime. What you saw instead was a goaltender that was able to glide from one side of the net to the other on any angle shot, was able to take any one-timer shot from the point, from any defenseman, and was able to actually fake out or position his stick and poke check the puck away from a player coming a two-on-one. Now the Carolina Hurricanes goal from Sebastian Ajo was Incredible to me because of the sensory skill of someone of that caliber. And I'll describe that a little bit. So, sometimes a fan believes that a player intentionally does something. And there are other times when a fan just says, well, that was a goal and we'll just accept it. We don't know how it happened or why. As a player, I will tell you, Sebastian Ajo took an off-speed shot because he wanted to reflect it off of his pads. And if you shoot something with high velocity, it's not only going to come back in similar velocity, but there's a chance it could have just went into his glove and we would not have an opportunity for a rebound. And if he would have shot it hard and it didn't go into his glove and hit his pad, it would have literally bounced far left or far right of the net instantly and there would have been no opportunity for a second shot or a lineup shot on the forward trailer that was coming to the net. So what he beautifully did is he saw that he had one defender in front of him. He had 12 feet to the goalie and if he shot it hard he knew what was going to happen. So he didn't flip the puck but he off speed shot it. Very similar to baseball when they throw you a changeup. You're used to a 90 mile an hour fastball, all of a sudden somebody throws a 65 mile an hour changeup at you and the batter does not know how to react. So Holpe did not know how to react. But unfortunately it didn't hit his pad, it hit his glove. So he should have had that save, but he wasn't expecting a shot to come that slow. So it bounced out of his glove and it started to roll. Now when a puck is rolling, that doesn't tell a goaltender where the puck's gonna be shot, whether it's high or low. All it tells them is it's gonna be somewhere. It could be on net, it could be towards the crossbar, could be behind the net. But what's gonna happen is Ovechkin, uh, I'm sorry, Ajo has the advantage. So he shoots the puck as it's rolling and it doesn't go high, it goes low, it goes right below Holpe. And we have our first goal for the Carolina Hurricanes. So what was a 2-0, I thought was a finisher, because as soon as you get three goals, that typically gives you the win. Uh, The first team that scores in any playoff game typically wins as well. 
So it was a 2-0 fever for um, the Capitals. Now it's 2-1. Now we have a game. And instantly, the momentum starts to shift. And we see this in the faces of the Capitals because now you start to see defeat. You start to see doubt. But we carry on with this mythology that we're just going to dump and chase the puck. So the Carolina Hurricanes, from the first to the second period, um, are leveling off great shots at Holpe, but nothing is coming in succession to a goal. Uh, it wasn't until there was this blocked shot, um, because we had a player positioned in front of the puck, in front of the net, I mean, and when the release was shot from the Carolina Hurricanes, there was just no chance for Holpe to even see it coming. It, it went, you know, on his side, it went right post high, and it was near more his stick than his glove. And it just, it just rifled itself in. So now we have a 2-2 two, two game. Uh, anytime it's a tied score, you just say, all right, the game just restarted. Now we have to find out where is the momentum and the energy right now? Who is fatigued the most? Um, I would give it to the Capitals on the first period that they had the advantage of speed, aggression, and demonstration of what it's going to be to win. In the second period, the Carolina Hurricanes started to really take over. I started to see the puck possession go up. I started to see the shots on net completely outbed the Capitals. Um, I started noticing Holpe was kind of getting a little staggered in his stance. And he was saying, uh, come on, guys, I need some defensive position here. Um, there's too many shots coming on me. And, and that's the way that the second period was. Now we could break down into... Um, what happened with all the hitting, slashing, tripping? I think that the Capitals did not anticipate a game seven. I don't think that they thought the Carolina Hurricanes were going to come up clutch and clinch a home game win when they just defeated them five to nothing. Uh, you got to remember, this was not a three-two game, and the goalie was pulled and it ended up being five-two. We're talking about a shutout in a playoff game where there were five goals scored, which is very empowering for a team that has to play one more game, and it's going to be their home team and their home game with their home crowd. So now they're playing a game seven. Tom Wilson's job is, is it's not to score. He does that because he gets great uh, position on the ice because if Ovechkin's not going to take a shot, it's going to go to Wilson. If Backstrom's not going to take a shot, it's going to go to Wilson. But Wilson's job is to agitate. That is what he is paid for. So young guys that are not veterans in the playoffs, like Warren Fogle, have a very, um, a very inexperienced aura to them. So when you slash Warren Fogle, he instantly tries to climb on your back. He instantly tries to hack at you. That's what they want because they know if they get a, a power play, Ovechkin's just going to bury it. Well, what happened is, is yeah, Fogel gets hit. Tom Wilson jumps on his back. He gives him a bear hug a couple times. He tackles him. And Wilson is just trying to get under Fogel's skin. Um, we saw this also with number 44 on our team who, uh, you know, he's had a hurt knee. So what does he do? He goes after... Uh, Wilson, then Orpik comes over and gives him a shove, and then now he jumps on the back of Orpik's neck and he slams him down on the ice uh, intentionally. And meanwhile, like I said, he's got an injured knee, 
so what is the point of even doing that? Well, we don't have any enforcers on our team. You know, Hamilton's six foot six, but Hamilton's not a body. Uh, sometimes he barely even knows what's going on on the ice. It's just not, it's not an awareness that he has. He has size, but he's just like Jordan Stahl. He does not use his body to hit. And that is what you need the most when you're talking game seven of playoff hockey. If your, if your offensive position is to make them scared of the puck, just touching the puck, it's going to mean that they're going to make tremendous amount of turnovers. That because they're afraid of touching the puck, because you're such a physical presence, then as soon as they touch the puck, they're just going to want to shoot it up the ice. And that's going to lead to huge turnovers where we could opt absolutely get a shot on net, or it's going to lead to icing, which puts us in the favor of being back in the capital zone, ready for another opportunity on net. The only guys that were hitting, I would tell you, was Warren Fogle and McGinn. And let's, let's talk about, in the next cast, what happened in the third period and into the first overtime. 